Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So let us begin. So this 20 begins with Padme and Anakin infiltrating Geonosis. They uh, kind of... Uh, secretively enter into the factory where the battle droids are being made, but they're trying to evade capture by the weird mosquito Geonosians. And there's all of these conveyor belts and all of this hot molten metal being poured upon them. And it's it's pretty intense. So in their attempts to rescue Obi-Wan, they've had to kind of get into a bit of a, a tough situation. And so R2, 3PO, Padme, and Anakin are on the conveyor belts for the making the battle droids. Uh, they're doing this because they just had to escape from the Geonosians. Um, we don't really know where Obi-Wan is, but it just focuses on this. It's a ton of chaos. Padme falls down into a bucket and is about to get covered by some lava. Uh, R2 saves the day and saves both 3PO and her. Once we see them get out of that situation, the Geonosians finally get them into the cart that will wheel them out into the arena, but we'll see those three creatures come out. And they'll have to face off. Before they're brought out into the battlefield, Padme professes her undying love for Anakin. And it's very dramatic <laughs> and very cringy. And then and they it get... It comes out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere. And they get marched out and they get they get chained to their columns and they meet face-to-face with Obi-Wan once again. And action ensues. Yeah, Anakin's lightsaber was cut in half in the factory. And so he didn't really have anything to defend himself against the droids. And so they get strung up. Uh, it's execution because Geonosis is not a member of the Republic. There are no laws. And the Geonosians have every right to execute the Jedi and uh, Padme. And so they make an ordeal about it. <laughs> and soon after those creatures are released, uh, we start to see the entry of the Jedi. That's right. I mean, all hell breaks loose and uh, the Jedi have somehow covertly infiltrated the arena as well, uh, including Mace Windu. Uh, they send out Jango Fett to kind of settle things down. Of course, there's a beheading and uh, it ultimately resolves in the uh, cornering of all the Jedi. Yeah, a little bit before that, they have uh, Padme, uh, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. They're still strung up. Padme actually just breaks the, the lock and picks her way and climbs to the top of the giant post to escape from her monster. Uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan face off against their monsters, uh, and kind of in that process, then they're backed into a corner when Mace Windu shows up uh, and everything you guys said. Then, Obi then Yoda flies in uh, with the rest of the clone troopers to truly rescue the Jedi for probably the third time in 10 straight minutes. <laughs> they're just not counting their numbers well. What a star. Okay, so uh, I want to introduce our friend Michael, who is our Hello. oldest friend in the world. We used to play Star Wars together. It's amazing. I know. And you know what? We, yeah, our parents, they grew up with that original trilogy. Yep. And I think our trilogy was the prequels. I mean, as... To a degree, Take it for yeah. what they are. Like we, we, we knew the original, but they were these ones were coming out as we were kids. Yeah, they were definitely the hot topics. Yeah. I remember when I remember before we moved because uh, I, I we moved when I was four mm -hmm. to uh, right next door to you got to you, Michael. Uh, and before that point, I remember the original trilogy because I remember playing with the action figures and I remember watching it on that tube TV in the basement. But I don't remember really my fandom of Star Wars other than like a couple action figures. Uh, and knowing I like the movies until, th I guess, collectively, the three of us and your brother Jason, we really started, we, we like got absolutely 
enthralled by the lightsaber fights in Phantom Menace and started painting our broomsticks. And yeah. that's what really, Getting, really sunk yeah. into the Star yeah. Wars fun for us. We were so unjaded by this prequel trilogy. Yes. You're right. This was our trilogy. And there was no sense, according no. to us anyway, there was no idea that, this, that these movies were less good exactly. than the other movies. They were just... Really, there was visually, no in our mind about no. any problem with these trilogies. We have we have we grown saw lots of lightsaber action. Oh yeah. Oh, Absolutely. and boy, did we ever in this twenty? By the way, in, oh, in many a ways, lot of lightsaber action. This this it's arena, not good, though. Well, Anakin's I, is. I, I I disagree. I think that just the visual of all of these lightsabers at once is a dream come true We're for a, a, a lot of people. Of Jedi Absolutely. I, I won't disagree with that. I just mean there's a lot of sloppy choreography. Oh, and some of the people, I don't know if you look around oh. at some of the other Jedis in the background, oh, are yeah. clearly just like, they're clearly just nerds from the, like the, the graphics department or something put on and a robe. battle cries that they do, like, hi-ya! Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really it, bad. If you pay attention to the background, a lot of those Jedi in the background are doing some very weird things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I, I want to go back to something you said about the lawlessness of Geonosis. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's legal to uh, imprison and torture and murder galactic senators, apparently on Geonosis. But is it legal for Count Dooku and the Viceroy to do it on Geonosis? Because it still feels like this is where they become, well, not the Viceroy, they already were. But Count Dooku, this, he really becomes a war criminal here, no? Yeah, but at the same time, it's kind of different because there's nothing that can replicate it on Earth. This is an instance where Count Dooku, yes, he may be seen in a certain light, but... On this planet, the rules are completely different. It's not part of the Republic. It is its own complete society, and it is not held to the same standards by any capacity. Poggle the Lesser, who's the lead Geonosian, like he he gets to make the shots. He gets to call that, and so I think he's actually the one that convicted Obi Wan and Anakin, yeah, and, and Padme of espionage, and that yeah. led them to the execution. Yeah, specifically, oh. that's what they uh, were, I guess, convicted of. And Dooku, he just. Gave each of them an opportunity, except for Anakin. He gives Padme. Um, actually, no, that's part. That part got cut out. Sorry. There was a specific part of where he gives Padme the same kind of opportunity that he gives uh, Obi Wan. Okay. Uh, just in terms of like, kind of like, hey, you know, you could make this not so difficult, and I'm sure I could speak kindly on your behalf. But if you're gonna make this hard, it'll be very, very difficult to ensure your safety or. So yes, he's a war criminal, and he beca- this is his moment. This is when Dooku becomes the most wanted man by the Republic in the galaxy. Right. Okay. So, um, but the, only by the Republic. It is backed up by some kind of criminality through the eyes of Geonosis Code, though. It's okay. not just sport. It's not just gladiator sport. Yes, correct. Think of it. It is not just a gladiator sport. I guess a better way of putting it would be more like, um, like Stalin. In Russia, <laughs> okay. Because at the time, like a, like a while back, like he had, like in his society, he was the ultimate power, mm-hmm. and whatever he said went, and it wasn't like any other countries were going to interfere. That's kind of what this is, where it's like, don't mess with our business. This isn't your territory. We're going to kill these people, and we've got every right to because we they did, they broke the entity. law. But it is a spectator event. The yeah. the stadium is full of all of these weird little mosquito geonosis. Any chance to kill a Jedi is a cool thing for a lot of people in the galaxy. I understand that. But much like when we talked about the pod race in the last movie, I find it odd that so many of the public would crowd into an arena for an event that would take no more than five minutes. I mean, it doesn't end up going that way. But like, that's a lot of people crowding in just to see a really yeah. quick... But I, yeah. I think you're right. You know, 
to see a, to see two Jedi executed. I, I think with like, a, a separatist planet exactly. and, and a politician. Well, the separatist right. angle is really just becoming. It's kind of this is what cements the, the war. Right. Really, Yoda says it in the next twenty. Um, sorry, what was the what were we just talking about? Oh, for them to gra- crowd around and see two Jedi. Oh yeah, so the crowd like that would be like in an old Western hanging. The I whole guess. town would come together. You watch the hanging, well, hanging and you go back. Hanging to jo- wouldn't take that long either. Yeah, it's quick, and then you go back to your work. I and guess so. What they're doing is all these Geonosians. They work in building either battle droids, as you can see, the most elite. It's the man. It's the machines that do that. But the Geonosians are building the Death Star. That's yes. what they're doing. That's where it starts. So this giant factory is like that's why they're all in one spot okay i think i knew that but i'm glad you said it because it did slip my mind and i'm not sure it that's everyone's mind i'm not sure that's widely understood a lot of people and they did a terrible job i didn't realize that for like a decade and so does that explain why uh the the other jedi the council jedi were able to get into the stadium without anybody noticing everyone no was around everybody was like kind of just came to that se- that center place and also you got to keep in mind that passageway Anakin and Padme had pretty clean passage to that point. They just got cornered and lost their lightsabers. So. Right. And Mace Windu is, at this point especially, a lot smarter than Anakin, too. Yes. So he would he would be able to go through. And this really hmm. is the, the 20 that makes Windu, Mace Windu the badass that we all thought he was. Oh, he because, has a flip yeah. in this 20. Everything else about Mace Windu is annoying, except for this 20. Yeah. yeah. When, when we see him come out... Master Windu, how pleasant of you to join us. This party's over. And we see that purple lightsaber. Mm-hmm. That that is mind blowing. That was mind blowing back then. You, you never saw that. No, that was absolutely the nostalgic moment. Was the ignition of that Definitely. blade. Definitely. Well, lightsaber uh, lightsaber giddiness is something that's existed in almost every Star Wars movie, and they're having to come up with new ways. To demonstrate it. Keep that going. Yeah, I have full faith they'll come up with something for episode nine. If it's some kind of, Ross, you've talked before about like some kind of scratchy, uh, rugged version of the Graflex. I would love it if Ray had the exact, if she just rebuilt the Graflex and it had a a jagged blade. Right. I'm very sure the first time, it's hard for us to imagine, but I'm very sure the first time people went to the theater to see Return of the Jedi and they saw Luke's lightsabers green for the first time, that had to be mind melting. And when we first saw a double bladed lightsaber, granted it was in a trailer for the Phantom Menace, which is dumb. It could have been for Return of the Jedi. Who knows? Maybe it was. Um, They also had the action figures, which did a lot of the leaks back then. Yeah. And so I know there were action figures that were released with him with a yellow lightsaber. I think maybe also blue. Mace Windu had a yellow lightsaber. No, no, no. Luke, Luke oh, Skywalker. Okay. So the original action figure, I they may have sent one with the blue as well, but I know it went around that an action figure so, of him so with a yellow exactly lightsaber. Ca- so people were expecting that. A what's bit what's too. exactly canon when it comes to lightsaber colors? Uh, in what capacity? Like what they mean or what's what, capable? What do we have? We have green, we have blue. Oh, uh, so current existing canon ones, uh, yellow, green, blue, red, white, uh, purple, black. Um, black. The dark saber, yeah, yeah. The dark saber. It's a Mandalorian saber. So there was one like historical Mandalorian Jedi, and he wielded the dark saber. And it's essentially, um, it's almost like the Ark of the Covenant for Mandalorians. It is like this be all end all Excalibur. piece of history. It's an important relic. Yeah, and it is also generally wielded by the leader of Mandalore. Okay, um, but uh, orange. 
I'm sure somewhere... Actually, no. I was just reading Heir to the Jedi, and there was an orange lightsaber in that one, so... But um, ideologically, these colors yeah, are vaguely... All, the, all of them exist. They're all supposed the ones, all to... The, these colors are supposed to ideologically represent who the Jedi is. That was Legends. Okay. So Legends clearly defined the, each color representing a certain style. And you would choose your crystal based on that specific right. style that you identified with. And it would call to you based on that style as well. But now crystals are generic and clear. Uh, the Kyber crystal calls to you and... When you build your lightsaber, then you find out what color lightsaber you oh, have. Okay. So it chooses you as opposed to you choosing. It's very Harry Potter, like the wand chooses the wizard style. Right. Uh, and it's a change that I'm okay with. I did like the the very clean descriptions of how colors transferred. And I think there's no reason they ever should have gotten rid of that. And it's like one of those things with Legends that it's not, it's not been proven wrong. Right. So you can still see it as the truth. Until it's proven wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. That old legend was that the purple lightsaber represented a reformed Jedi who maybe had a dark past and has come to be very monk-like in his in his uh, beliefs. Yes, that's one of the kind of one of the ways. It's either that or somebody who flirts the line. So there's somebody who's able to benefit from uh, either their opponent's dark side or their own dark side without letting it come in, without letting it cloud their judgment. So which Mace- do you think defines Mace Windu the best? Yes, and Mace Windu, that's because that's how he beat Palpatine. It's because he's the best duelist in the galaxy, yep. and also, he can use Palpatine's dark side against him. Okay. And he's the only one who can do that. Right, but uh, what, I was, what I was leading into is that he's not necessarily the most honorable of Jedi for a guy who's all about the book, because the way he beheads Jango, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it was self-defense, and it was already pretty grisly out in that battlefield, but it is gutless, the way he takes off that guy's head. Ah... Uh. I don't know. In front of his son. Well, that's something you're not going to consider. He cut off. His, he could have cut off his, his hands at the wrist. He took off the head. That it, that means something. Yeah. I, 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 that's fair. Um, I don't know. I think they, to a degree, wanted to preserve the head so that they could get that really good shot. It was a good shot, wasn't it? Uh, and, Boba Fett and, and holding keep... the head, holding the helmet that he will then wear. Right. To, I was just going to say, so that they can keep that helmet for him. So I think that's the reason why they did that. Mace Windu, I, no, I, I don't see him as being someone who kind of toes the line. And that's kind of a bit of the misconception with Purple. But it's not also a misconception because they're absolutely, like, for example, Darth Revan. Uh, Darth Revan was one of the most beloved legends, uh, Jedi slash Sith. He was both. And he had memory, uh, his memory wiped and was on both sides. And so he wielded a purple lightsaber. And that was the, extremely reflective of someone who had been on both sides of the force. So right. It, it definitely can mean that. It's just uh, I, where it sits in current canon. I don't think the purple necessarily reads that anymore. But he just asked George Lucas for a purple lightsaber? Uh, he wanted to stand out in that specific scene. Yeah, because he just oh, there's all these things going on. Can I have a purple one uh, so that I can stand out? Uh, maybe, uh, and then sure enough, he got a purple one. Is it true that on the hilt of the lightsaber is yep. engraved B A B A M F? Yeah, is that what it is? Bad motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's badass motherfucker. Sorry, that's that's <laughs> so Sam Jackson. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. This is definitely his winningest twenty. Yeah, I think uh, Graham Norton. It was that he was on, or maybe it was, it was some late night show where Sam Jackson was on with somebody else, and they pulled out the, um, uh, I forget the what are they called the the Force FX lightsabers. One's made by like Disney now or Hasbro, or um, and it was the Mace Windu one. And so it was just this two this toy, and he looks at the he looks at it. He says, "Nah, this one's not mine. It doesn't say bad motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think it would. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Were you a fan of Mace Windu? Uh, yeah, um, I was. I think we didn't really know who he was at the time. He in the prequels, he had just kind of sat in the chair. Yeah, I loved him for this twenty, and yeah, I didn't I realize agree. how much I don't really like him for everything else. One thing I read about him was. I don't know if this is true or not, but that mace can see what they call force shatter points. Shatter point, yeah. And it's basically someone's, he can see people's weaknesses. Okay. And then he can act on them. And that's one thing unique to Mace Windu is he can look at someone and see that quote unquote force shadow point. That seems like an incredible advantage. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and, He was insanely powerful. He was also one of the only Jedi uh, to perfect um, the seventh form of yeah i think he created it uh he created his own version, version. Uh, called okay. i think the pod or something right. there's there's two versions of it and he created his own ver- so essentially darth maul and mace windu uh and it shows it, it's just it's the most difficult form to master and mace windu having mastered it, it it's just something that in the canon is to establish he is the best duelist in the galaxy full stop and that's the style that teeters on light and dark yeah, I mean, because it's the one that is, is leveraging the dark side of the other to a degree. Right. Okay, we should talk a little bit about... Well, we should talk about, about the declaration of love between mm-hmm. Padme and Anakin. It's, it's really one of her cringier lines. It's important, I guess. Don't be afraid. I'm not afraid to die. I've been dying a little bit each day since you came back But elaborate for me on why you think it was so out of the blue. It really wasn't, and it makes sense why she said it. And to be honest, it it contextually does make sense. It's just cringy. It's cringy the way it's delivered. That's and it's the cringy problem. That the it has bill- to be said, but does it have to be said like that? Well, Truly, you know, deeply. You know what it is. It's the horrible, horrible, <laughs> horrible attempt at the recreation of I love you, I know. That's what I was going to ask. And yeah. it could not have missed more. Because that's what they've been trying to do this entire movie, and they've not done it. Padme does not have the spunk that Leia did, and, and Natalie Portman just she's too milk toast. Well, and there's it. there's something it's, not that martyrous about Anakin as it was with Han Solo. Like you have faith mm-hmm. that Han Solo is going to be fine. He's a cowboy. He's going down yeah. into that steam chamber. He's been you, through a ton of things before. That's right. But he's all a man. We, but Anakin is a boy, and he's just whined for an hour and a half up to this point. Mm-hmm. And so you're not really pulling for them. Plus, you know roughly where this is headed. So there's there's not as much of a there's not as much of a, 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 there's not as much at stake is what I'm trying to say. Hmm. Yeah, but it was point. but it was cringy. Yeah, it was pretty and, cringy. And not even the truly deeply the line before that. Yeah, I'm I'm not afraid to die. Oh, I've been you know what I mean. I've been oh, dying. I've been dying a little, a little bit each day, day since, since you, I met you, or since you came yeah, back into my life. Since you came back into my life. Yeah. yeah. And why? Well, that's what he says. Just like, what the hell? I thought if we had, we said if we were to be together, it would destroy us. I think we're already about to be destroyed. He should have been able to put two and two together on that one, that that's clearly why she was saying it. It was a little bit of a last ditch effort. May as well die. May as well tell him. Now, uh, to say she doesn't have spunk might be a little off because what she does next is kind of run the show. Okay, no, she's badass. Yeah. But spunk I see as being... I don't know. I, I maybe spunk was the wrong word, but I mean just in terms of verbal presence. 
Yeah, you're right. Leia has some spunk in what she says. Yeah, she's sassy. Whereas, yeah, sassiness. That's absolutely the word I was looking for. Right. Whereas Padme, whatever she says, even if the words are sassy, she doesn't deliver it that way at all. And so it just, it, it through this entire point, it just keeps coming up short. I see it as. How does she break free from her bindings on that column? Uh, she had something in her mouth and she pulls uh, like, a, like a pin some or something. Kind of pin. Leave it to a woman to have a bobby pin. No. <laughs> Oh, that was a great line by Obi-Wan as well. It was. She seems to be on top of things. Yes. Just relax. Concentrate. What about Padme? She seems to be on top of things. It is. You're right. Uh, the it's... number of dad jokes in this 20 <laughs> is ridiculous. Yeah. The C-3PO ones? No, I, I actually, I want to take back everything C-3PO in this 20. Oh. I hated it all. I hate it. It was the worst 3PO we've ever had. You're right. I hated all of it, and it's in my big take backs. Although the two dad jokes at the end were kind of funny. Which were what? Um... When R2's dragging his head, uh, this is quite a drag. This is quite a drag. It's brutal. <laughs> and then at the very end, when he brings him over to the rest of his body, I'm quite beside myself about this. That one's pretty funny. That's pretty good. When he says, I just had the most peculiar dream. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. I hate and, that. And even at the beginning of the 20, when we see him and he's looking at all the machines and he says, shut me down. Machines <laughs> making machines. How perverse. How, How perverse. perverse. Oh, my goodness. Shut me down. Machines making machines. How perverse. Oh, calm down, Arthur. I almost fell. And when he's on, his head is on the body of a battle droid and he just I like. I hate that. He kind of becomes possessed by the evil of battle droids. That's and he, not how machines work. <laughs> no, it's preposterous. The problem is you see all these Jedi, they're going to battle. They're trying to save two of their own and, and uh, Padme. And then. We're constantly getting cuts mm -hmm. to C-3PO on Be a battle droid wandering around saying all of, all of these things. It well, doesn't even make sense. These are lines that George would have loved to allocate to Jar Jar, oh. but he had already kind of parted ways with Jar Jar in his head. And so he had to put that crappy comedy somewhere. Now, one droid sequence I actually kind of thought was cool and, and befitting of the droids that we know and love is R2 fixing 3PO. Yeah. That's really cool. Just like out there while there's chaos happening all around them and That's he's just, just using awesome. his tools. It is awesome, but is this the first time we've seen R2 fly? Because I hate it. You hate R2 flying? I hate R2 When we R2 see fly. those rockets come out. The rockets come out in revenge a lot more. I think it's problematic. Uh, well, they take out his rocket boosters. Okay, but it's just so silly that he has all of these capabilities. Yeah, a little bit. Anakin, like, but you gotta keep in mind, Anakin's a mechanic. And so he has pimped out R2. I guess for his own personal gain. Did they did they retcon the the rocket boosters by having to explain why he can't fly in the original trilogy? Uh, I forget what it was. I think Bail Organa may have had them removed. I don't know um, because R two and three uh, PO spend a long time with the uh, the Organas and uh, Ramus Antilles ship. So who's Ramus Antilles? He's the captain of um, the Tantive Four. The he's, he's the guy that gets picked up by Vader by the neck and thrown in the first five minutes of A New Hope. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, we should do some trivia. I found it pretty hard to come up with trivia for this it was 20. very hard. Okay, so my, my first one, what is the name of the Colosseum on Geonosis? Oh, um, I think I had that. The uh, Petronaki. Petronaki Arena. Arena. That's right. Do we have an origin for that? Why it's called? That's just a made-up no word. No idea. No, I don't know. Okay. I'll go. Okay. I'm going to go to a night question. Oh, you're changing the order. Why I'm going to change the order. Sure. Where is Geonosis in the galaxy? Inner, uh, outer, uh, core. Oh, it's the outer. Oh, sorry. It's 
Sorry. <laughs> it's it's outer court, but it's 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 something like forty two thousand light years from from like the main hub or yeah, whatever. I think it's forty three thousand. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and an one fact, like less than one light year or one parsec one from parsec from, Tatum, from Tatum. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I didn't know it was that close. Well, really close on rock planets. And interesting and that one of those two those planets are so close to each other. One of them is under the governance of the Republic and the other is not. It must not just be an intergalactic geography thing. Well, like, not, no, none of them are under the Republic. Tatooine's not? No, Tatooine is under the huts. Oh, that's yeah. That's specifically mm. why Qui-Gon yeah. couldn't get the part scene. No, that's true. I knew that. Yeah. That was dumb. No, that's all right. I, I it, think... it shows that it's wild space. Yes. And that this is like lawless territory. Wild space. <laughs> wild west. Yeah, the wild odor rim. I did space have that force. one parsec. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this. One parsec is 3.26 light years. I did not so that's care. the distance. She knows it's Tatooine. Yeah, that's pretty far. <laughs> yeah. It still seems cl- like it still seems close in the grand scheme of things. I didn't know it was close to Tatooine. Tatooine's like the center of the trilogy. Yeah, to have anything within one unit yeah. separating seems crazy. No, I mean like that's super far away. I know, I know. And, like all of these planets are super far away. But all the planets are much further. But you, it also has to be reasonable that some of them would be close by. Yep. Yeah. Some of them have to be near each other. Oh, and right, also, fine. you're going to plan your routes that way. What is your question? Uh, my uh, Padawan question, uh, I thought this was just a, a fun one. Uh, which piece of Mandalorian technology do the Fets hate? Or should they hate? Uh, I mean, k- kyber crystals? They've, they're not Mandalorian technology. Should they hate? The Fets have jetpacks and, and guns. I don't, I don't know. Any ideas? I have no idea. I, I have no idea. Really? You had a fifty percent chance. It's the jetpack. Why do they hate jetpacks? Because both of their jetpacks break, and that's by both of them die. Oh, so you're just like making a joke then? That's do because, they actually hate them? Well, Django Fett's jetpack breaks, and he tries to blast away from Mace Windu, and that's why his head gets cut off. You're right. And Boba Fett's gets hit by like that big stick, and it shoots off sideways and launches him into the Sarlacc. Doesn't technically die then. No. Uh, we don't know. Right. Um, it's perceived that he probably got it some way. Okay. Um, All right. But yeah. All right, my turn. Uh, identify two of the three beasts set loose within the Colosseum. Or th- all three, if you if you can. Or any one at all, I'll be impressed. I can. I'm sure you can. I know one is the Reek. Okay, mm-hmm. which one is the Reek? That's the big beast that Anakin rides. Yeah, like the, the rhino-like one. The, the yeah, it's kind of like a dinosaur with a horn. Yeah. Yeah, what else do we have? Uh, the Nexu, Nexu is the cat-like, rat-like one. The That's Padme. the grossest one, man. It is disgusting. It's grosser than the other one. The third one is gross, but it's grosser than the Prey Mantis The Akle is the one that Obi-Wan fights. It's like a crab. But it's, it's really... like There's a similar sort of species that Vader and Palpatine fight in Lords of the Sith, the book. Mm-hmm. That is one of those scenes that I just... They did a phenomenal job of making me visualize it, but it would have been some damn cool to see. Because, like, these are a cool creature. And, like, it's cool to see Obi-Wan go, like, one-on-one there. And yeah. I, I, I really quite like all three of them. Well, they did a nice job with the animation of all three creatures. Yes. But they don't really look like Star Wars to me. And that's partly because they're not practical effects. I like the Ackley. Okay. I don't like the other two in the sense that they don't feel like Star Wars. The Nexu feels nothing like Star Wars. The Akle is the crab. You like the crab. The Akle is the one that Obi-Wan fights, the crab thing. Yeah. I would say that's probably, yeah. It seems like the most Star Wars-y. Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, The 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 Reek seems a little too like, 
prehistoric. Just, yeah, it, it seems like there's a, like there's a lot of creatures like that in Star Wars. But yeah, they look sillier than the Reek, and the Reek looks too Earth-like. I don't totally agree. I think there are like dinosaur-like creatures on Tatooine that kind of look like the Reek. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, there are some that are already like that, but most of them look sillier. Yeah, and more. Out I mean, there. when you think the of the creatures, Earth-like on Naboo, right? Those big buffalo yeah. creatures, right? There, there are things that look sillier. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's no shortage of silly-looking things, but Geonosians. Yeah, are they civilized? No, I don't mean like do do they wear tuxedos and have tea, but like <laughs> they they clearly are sentient. They're a, yeah. they're a community, yeah. but they don't wear clothes and they just look like mosquitoes. Yeah. They're insectoid. They all get wiped out. Oh yeah, yeah, the whole planet. Mm-hmm. So what is left of Geonosis a few movies later? Nothing. Oh really? It's a wasteland. Oh interesting. Yeah. So what happens? What happens on Geonosis? How did that? How does that mass extinction occur? Uh, well, I forget exactly what happens, but it's Empire. The Empire kills them all. Okay. Just cover their tracks for the Death Star. Michael, you got another question for us? Uh, how many Jedi were reported to have shown up at the Battle of the Geonosis Arena? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, it looks like a whole lot, and then towards the end, there's very few. There's mass, mass casualties. There's a lot of death. <laughs> I'm going to say like 30 people show up and then there's maybe like eight left. What do you think, Ross? Definitely higher on both. Okay. I'm going to guess um, I'm going to guess 80 Jedi showed up and that there are 25 left. There's actually about 200, 212 oh, wow. showed wow, up wow. and about 30 at the end. Jeez. So this was pretty rough for mm-hmm. just Jedi in general. This was a bad day. Yeah, which is also really just idiocy by the jedi kind of was wasn't it they were not prepared yeah. at all well when count dooku says you've been outnumbered Mace yeah. windu says i don't think so well actually in <laughs> you're the, wrong <laughs> in the script mace windu says one jedi is worth a hundred geonosians i oh. don't think so <laughs> and i'm like well you guys didn't do great math though because yeah. there's thousands of those guys so you guys are getting wiped out pretty quick <laughs> doesn't work out so great what's your next question uh my uh my night question was uh, also related to the to the beasts. Okay. Yeah, I had difficulty coming up with a bunch of spare ones. I knew I would need some spares. I figured that would get taken, but... My last question is kind of an essay question, and it's open to interpretation, but I do have an answer in mind. I'm curious to see if either of you hit on it. What is the most significant thing to say about this battle at Petronaki Arena? What is most significant Star Wars-wise about this incident? In terms of long-term ramifications? Sure. Well, it's the Good first question. time we see the stormtroopers or the DNA of the stormtroopers. Yep, and that's kind of that's kind of what I'm getting to. Um, well, it's it's the catalyst. It's the start of the Clone Wars. Exactly. It's that's what the, I was that's what I was looking for. It's day one of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I mean, literally the next twenty, Yoda says, "Begun the Clone Wars have." Right. Um, yeah. This is really it's it's the very start. This is when Count Dooku makes himself public. It's frequently known that he is likely the leader of the Separatists and that they're like doing some shady shit. And this is when he's just like, hey, everyone. It's me and I'm proud. It's me and I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, like, I don't agree with what you're doing. And you got one more? Uh, yeah, I have one more. Uh, what type of ship does Yoda fly in on? I always oh. found those weird. There's like these weird like freighters, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're called, though. Yeah, I don't know if you're looking for some kind of detailed tech. Yeah, it's a low altitude aerial uh, assault transport. They're very, um, they're very Earthling. 
They're like there. There are helicopters that don't look unlike that in the military. Yes, but I have to say those turret lasers were so cool. Yeah, they are. Those were awesome. When right. I saw those, I, I just kept thinking, why didn't they just use them constant? <laughs> just hover and just use those lasers all the because way. Because this is where science fiction blends into Star Wars a little bit, <laughs> and then you have to consider the fact that although there are actual energy consumption requirements that would be and like this is what kind of is nice about the books i find is you're able to see some of the logic as to why things that seem unlogical and like star wars are the way that they are and a lot of it's covering your tracks and a lot of it's making things make sense that in theory were exposed as holes but sometimes it's just nice to see the way that the world is on a kind of a fuller extent and to see the the real issues of oh i'm low on gas i've got to go fill up we didn't really talk about what actually happened within the factory very much and part of me thinks that's a really cool sequence obviously it's it's tense another part of me is kind of like this is a little too uh mousetrap the board game yeah uh i don't like the sequence in the sense it's way too long it is long um i love anakin for the entire 20 up until he speaks to Padme and like before they go out there, his movement is incredible. He uses his environment so well in terms of using the machinery that's around him, using the Geonosia. It's like, it's, he does a phenomenal, it shows why he is the most talented Jedi out there. I haven't seen the prequels in a long time. So just, I just watched this one segment and the first thing that struck me was how much CGI there is. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Do you think it's held up well? Some of it. I think the clones actually have I think the clones look fine, but like we were just saying about those big three beasts, I think the main reason they don't look like Star Wars to me is because they're not practical effects. They're computer. I think that's the main reason why the reek in in particular, it like really doesn't that's feel the dinosaur like it's just, one. It just seems so CGI to me, even yeah. though it's like decent ish CGI. It's just obviously CGI because a character like, I guess that's a better way of thinking about it. Uh, an animal like that in Star Wars without it has no excuse to not be practical effects. Yeah, you're right. Whereas it's pretty easy. the Ackley, that's a different story. Yeah. But the Reek should have been. The Geonosians are really good CGI. If you it forget is. that it's CGI, mm-hmm. it's it's nicely done. Yeah. Uh, there, there's parts that are crap, but for the most part, it wasn't too bad. It's also a while ago. Yeah. It's it's pretty old. Yeah. No, I and mean, overall, it's pretty hard to say visually things don't hold up in Star Wars because as an overall, for their time, it was always leading the way. Yeah, Star Wars has always looked good. That's what people can good. say about the current movies that they don't do. And that is absolutely true, is that they are not visual masterpieces the way the originals were. That's a very, very good point, and I've never heard it before. Really? That's that's so true. Star Wars remains fun mm-hmm. and remains spectacular story, the storytelling. They're not visual works of art anymore. No. And it's because they've recreated the same lived-in galaxy that we've already seen. And because uh, cinema is so oversaturated now. And that's actually one thing I have just down in my stuff about episode nine, but just that how much I want to see this kind of world building come back. Yeah. And this kind of alien creation. Like, we're going to see some things in episode nine. They're going to be new. We're going to see some old things. But, like, when it comes to Star Wars, there are the way that those Geonosians were done... That was something that George Lucas did, and it's out there, and on paper seems weird, but it was different. Mm-hmm. And although the prequels get criticized a lot, George Lucas's world building and the characters and the creatures that he's created, other than Jar Jar, they're all great. Yeah, it's just some bad dialogue. So it would be it would be awesome to see that come back in Episode Nine. 
So we should go over a few more quotes that uh, really stand out. I think my favorite quote is a callback to a, a line in a, in a previous 20 from this movie. We call this a diplomatic solution? No, I call it aggressive negotiations. That's a really good line. They've got yeah. a little bit of good chemistry on that one, too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, It's pretty good. Uh, other than that, we've kind of called uh, called upon most of the, the quotes that I thought really stood out. There wasn't a lot of dialogue in this 20. I didn't find. A lot of action. There wasn't. A uh, good interaction between Obi-Wan and Anakin. I was wondering if you were uh, if you had gotten my message. I transmitted as you requested, Master. Then we decided to come rescue you. Good job. <laughs> right. That was a good one. Right. Uh, uh, Count Dooku says, uh, Patience, Viceroy, patient, she will die. Mm-hmm. I think that's ominous and kind of fun. Yeah, Count Dooku's line of, Master Window, you have fought gallantly, worthy of recognition in the history archive of, of, the, Jedi count, of the Jedi Order. Uh, now it is finished. Surrender and your lives will be spared. Yeah. yeah. He speaks with he's, such... He's got such a cool voice. Command is the coolest, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think... I forget how he was chosen. I think George Lucas was mulling over a lot of different ideas and then... Uh, this could be totally wrong and threw it out there. If you can get me Christopher Reeve, I'll scrap uh, Christopher uh, Lee. I'll scrap them all. Yeah, and they he got Christopher Lee, and so he was like, "Okay, we'll go with him." Did they want somebody younger initially? Uh, they initially, I think the uh, the designs were around because he would have been eighty in this movie. The designs, I think, were then used for Ventress. I know a lot of them were. Okay, uh, Ventress is Dooku's apprentice in the Clone Wars TV show, um, and I think that they were playing around with a few other things. I, I know that they were struggling to come up with. Dooku the villain mm-hmm. uh, but once Christopher Lee became an option that was like nope we're absolutely taking Christopher Lee for this he was pretty much simultaneously playing Count Dooku and Saruman yeah he was it was right around the same time yeah. and like really very similar characters in both yeah sagas absolutely it's that voice oh got well that yeah voice. but someone who just archetypically like who oh. they represent to well, the world absolutely somebody who was on the side of the good yeah and then was manipulated by someone else and right. ultimately died as a nothing. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We can't be the first to make that observation. No. We also had the token, I've got a bad feeling about this, as said by Anakin. And delivered point. quite poorly. Yeah. You thought so? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So. It kind of moans it. Yeah. Oh, I've got a bad feeling about this. Yeah. It, it, those lines are picked pretty carefully. Make them good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's all I've got for this 20. Do you have any other observations? I was just going to say the what Ross was saying earlier. There's a lot of bad screams. Mm. Wilhelm screams. Yeah, yeah, there really is. Mm. Even Padme when she's on the column, she gets, ah, she gets scratched. When she gets yeah. scratched. Yeah. Although you would shriek too. That looked like it hurt. Oh yeah. And then we never hear from it again. No. It's... She's just got these like sexy shreds in her back, <laughs> and she just runs around no trouble at all. I want to mention this as well. I know that she's a woman, and it wouldn't have hurt as much. But no way could she have just jumped <laughs> off that pillar. And then landed on the reek. That was bad. I was going to say. That would have hurt so damn much. Further to that, she like leans over and gives him a little kiss on the cheek. There's that, no time for this. That was, also, that was my take back. You yes. got to keep in mind, she just kicked the Nexu off the top. Yep. And that fall was enough to knock it out of commission for a couple seconds. You're right. And she just jumps willy-nilly off. I thought for a second the Nexu was dead. And I was like, are you kidding me? And then she it just does. pushes it. It <laughs> does. I know, but it like kind of looks like it dies. Yeah, because it falls down at a weird angle, but... Then Padme falls down at a weird angle and she's fine. So. You're right. That Ackley, um, I was reading that the actual sound that that makes was was a combination of a pig and a dolphin. Really? Cool. And when you go back and listen to it, you can hear totally. a squealing pig. Well, yeah. Now that you say it, I can totally hear the squealing pig. But yeah. It's that's one of the things that's cool, so cool at Star Wars is just the random ass places where sound effects come from. Yeah. It's called Foley art. Oh, really cool. Yes. The sound of the lightsabers in the prequels. 
struck different? me. I, I hadn't, like, again, I, again, I hadn't seen the prequels in a while. Yeah. And as soon as I saw all these Jedi and all these lightsabers, that sound immediately, I, I picked up, uh, it's different than if it, you watch 7 and it's, 8. It's less tactile, I think. There's something about the, the emittance of a lightsaber blade in some of the better Star Wars movies that's more gratifying. Whereas they, they're always turning lightsabers on and off in these prequels. Yeah. And it's just kind of like zoom, zoom, zoom. Do you yeah. know why I think it is? Why? Because I think it's I think it's faster yeah. and quieter. Yeah, that's not as fun. The ignition of a lightsaber is much louder in the original trilogy. It is faster. That's so true. And it's like it's more of like a, a rise of the blade. Right. Whereas this right. is almost just like instant boom. Like, it's up. If you yeah. think of the the ignition of a lightsaber in Cloud City, when it's quiet in those rafters mm-hmm. at the right. end near the end of Empire Strikes Back, a lightsaber takes like a full second to turn on. And, and even in a new hope. You see the blades like extending in the yeah, same sort of way. That's so right. Yeah. So, All right. So if, if that's something I wouldn't have thought of unless you brought that up. Yeah, and, and, and then I went and watched seven and eight lightsaber scenes mm-hmm. and those sounds of the newer movies are completely different oh they're much more in line with the original trilogy yeah yeah much more in line they're, well they're almost deeper like the sound is almost deeper. yeah it, it's deeper it's louder uh it's got more like an echo to it yeah. Yeah. kylo ren's lightsaber is supposed to be kind of ratchet yeah and then also the graphlex is a saber the graphlex, no. i noticed a big difference with that okay uh do we have any other observations because we should probably move to the news sure okay what do you have? I have a couple of things, in fact. Okay, we'll start off with your stuff. I'm, uh, I may have them, but... This week on Family Guy, they did a Carrie Fisher tribute. Oh, cool. I so Peter's boss, Angela, died, and uh, they had like a little funeral. And actually, Peter, like he speaks at the funeral. It's like one of those rare, weirdly sweet moments. Did you see it? I did. Did uh, Carrie Fisher do the voice of Angela? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, she called him like Griffin. And, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, that makes perfect sense. That well, and that's why when Peter says, "I was only half watching," Peter says, uh, "I may have lost a boss, but heaven gained a princess," and it's oh like, my God. "Family Guy." It's not bad. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. And the other thing is, uh, somebody who works on Solo really screwed up this week. Oh my week. God! Yes, they really screwed up. They are disqualified from the uh, the score category at the Oscars because they didn't submit on time. Somebody forgot to submit the original score composed. The only thing that could ever win for Solo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were just like, missed the deadline. Yeah. <laughs> Big oh. dummies. Yeah, that's a pretty bad move. It's not so great. I had recently rewatched Solo and I, I had listened to a couple of podcasts before and when you had said, you know, you could watch all the Star Wars, including Rogue One. And if you didn't watch Solo, you'd be okay. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's totally <laughs> true. Yeah. Solo is a long, engaging but unnecessary episode of the Clone Wars. Right. That's yeah, that's very well said. It's it's fun, but it's not really enriching to your if you Star never Wars. Saw no, it, you wouldn't miss it. The Clone Wars has episodes that are a hundred percent more enriching for Star Wars than Solo was. Right. And so it just further confirms what we all have said shouldn't have been made. And creates complications that now we need to know who Kira is and all of this other stuff. Yeah. I mean, like that's gonna create some cool stories and such, but I'm someone who that's not the stories I wanted. Uh, there was different ones I wanted. What else is going on in the news? Uh, so uh, let's start off with uh, with TV. Uh, mm-hmm. So we've had last week off, so there's still some kind of overhanging things. Okay. Uh, but Nick Nolte uh, is going to be in The Mandalorian. Right. And so he actually, uh, 43 years ago, auditioned to be Han Solo. 
Right. And is now find his way into the galaxy far, far away. So, Michael, The Mandalorian is Jon Favreau's uh, Star Wars series that's coming out right. on the I Disney you guys talking about that. streaming yeah. platform. And so that's very exciting. And Nick Nolte, uh, the villain probably. I would really hope. He seems a evil. A bartender slash information provider. Cool. I, I want I like him it. to be kind of like... Almost like a conduit between the seedier life and our Mandalorian, our lead character. I'm into that. Yeah. I think he could play that pretty well. Definitely. He's, or, he's or, seen some stuff. Or maybe someone who we think is bad or rough but leaning on the bad side but has a little bit of a heart of gold or the opposite of that. So mm. either a Beckett Han sort of kind of character. Okay. Uh, but a little bit older. Right. Could be that. Uh, also, uh, the last bit of TV news that I have here, but is a really cool piece of TV news that I know you will be interested by. Uh, but the showrunner for Cassian, or that's what we're going to call it now, the Cassian Andor show until uh, we know what's actually called. Right. Uh, but the showrunner for that, they hired producer of The Americans, Stephen Schiff. Okay. So that's really doubling down that this is going to be an intense spy thriller. That's a good guess. And get. that is exactly what we want. Did you ever watch The Americans? No. I haven't seen that much of it, but it's a good show. Yeah, that makes yeah. me really excited. Yeah, that's very cool and dark. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're going for with this. I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious. This is going to be even darker than I think The Mandalorian. I think you're going to get your tears. And I think this probably maybe as dark as Star Wars is going to get. But yeah. I think this is going to be pretty rugged. Um, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if we had another live action show Man. that we was released like closer to episode nine maybe i or just right hope, after episode nine I hope they don't get themselves a little too busy because i mean look what happened with the marvel cinematic universe there's just too many netflix shows and most of them weren't how good. many movies in like six months a year where we get yeah oh, yeah i'm just thinking for like, like a, four mcu oh, movies last year yeah it's ridiculous but i think from like a business perspective uh kind of thinking about the age groups i've noticed that star wars is really doing a like Disney's really trying to find its footing with demographics. Yeah. And because business, like Disney's an incredibly smart business and they have things planned out, they're staggering things in a way that I quite like. And like, for example, Galaxies of Adventures, like they're reintroducing people to the original trilogy in a creative way so that they can encourage people who are going to become parents soon mm -hmm. to be able to get their kids into it at an earlier age. So then they're going to start buying merch again. Yeah, maybe. And so by being able to kind of stagger your live action and having all these shows. So for example, Rebels lasted four years because that way you're able to have the characters grow up with the children. Yep. Uh, and Resistance will be the exact same way. The Cassian show is not going to bring any new kids. No, but what I think is that's going for that old, older mature crowd. Mandalorian being kind of maybe a little bit less intense yep still still pretty intense and still probably for an adult teen audience and then i still I, th I think they'll probably do one live action one that is more family friendly i hope i yeah. think they should i think right. in order to be star wars it, it doesn't need to go like kitty animation and intense live action i would like there to be a closer middle ground yeah and that's why i love clone wars and rebels and i hope they can find some middle ground with uh, live action tv too okay uh, just recently, they released the Age of Republic uh, Qui-Gon uh, comic book. Oh, yeah. So these are going to be a series of comics, Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, Age of Resistance. They're going to focus on, um, I believe it's four or eight characters for each of the ages. Uh, I think it's 
I don't remember. But anyway, Qui-Gon's one of the ones that they're doing for the Age of the Republic. And apparently it was a, a very force-based comic. So apparently it was a pretty good read and one that's encouraged to explore. Uh, I mentioned before how Chuck Wendig, his limited series, Shadow of Vader, that he had started was a comic series. And then it got canceled because right. he got fired because he said some things like a, consistently over Twitter and then Disney just, or sorry, Marvel just decided eventually, yeah, you're a little outspoken, so we're going to fire you. Well, they just replaced it with a new comic series uh, called uh, Vader Dark Visions. And okay. I'm curious to know if it's going to be building on uh, Anakin's visions that he has in Attack and Revenge of the Sith. I'd be and, like, curious kind of about those that. Those haunting visions. And I'm curious right. to know if Vader sees things and then goes out on missions in the galaxy to uncover the meaning behind what he's been You make seeing. a good point because there's lots of talk about his his haunts, mm. in, particularly in the movie we're watching right now. Yeah. And do those just go away? Because all we really hear are just these like corny little nightmares he might be having. Right. Yeah, that's what's great about the novels in the sense that you get to see, hear inside Vader. You get to th- hear the thought process, the battle that he has. He doesn't, Anakin is the Jedi. Mm. He won't say his name. Oh, cool! Like he, he he divides things. Like he's in, he's as tortured as ever when he becomes Vader. Uh, it's just a shame that we don't get to see that a whole lot. But it's cool that at least we're getting more Vader. Uh, episode nine. Now this is where things get interesting. There are a ton of rumors out there. Okay, a ton. So turn off the podcast if you don't want anything spoiled, uh, because there are some things here that absolutely will be coming true. Uh, because some of them are from making Star Wars. You said that before. No, no, no. The stuff from making Star Wars is good. Ross, if it's Most if it's definitely is... true, don't say it. Okay. Do you not want to hear? Well, if... it's not like a it's not a plot changing thing. It's something you'll see in the first trailer. Okay. Uh, like Kylo Ren, it is almost a guarantee we're getting the mask back, and that he's reassembled it using a red adhesive, so it almost looks like there's like veins running through his helmet. That's cool. So that's kind of cool. Um, and uh, it's. Like, the Graflex is back in some capacity. Mm. I think those are the only two ones that were... Uh, no, and also a droid, Dio. So Dio is shaped like kind of like a megaphone and is like a, a little duckling to BB-8 as the mama duck. Oh, boy. Smaller than BB-8? Yeah, so just kind of, But in terms of, like, kind of... Uh, <laughs> A little bit of a droid that doesn't really know what to do and is kind of just looking to BB-8 always. And so that could be kind of a fun dynamic. Right. Um, but I think those are the only three things that came from making Star Wars, so the only things that actually have any credibility. Okay. The rest of this shit's just from Reddit, so it could be total garbage. Right. Uh, but people say these things, and so it creates some interesting speculation. Uh, the uh, Jungle Planet is... There's likely going to be a good chunk of the movie is going to take place in the Jungle Planet. It could be pretty important. Uh, there is some rumor out there, and this is something that I don't really know where the source of it is, but that specifically um, uh, the there's going to be red stormtroopers. Cool. In this movie, so that could be kind of cool. I, I know love there's those some in- red stormtroopers in the Resistance TV show, but even looking different, kind of like Death Troopers, but red armor. I just was always crazy about those Imperial Guards in Return of the Jedi. Oh, you did love them. I love those, those. red guards. They're so cool. I know they're not stormtroopers, but it's. It's the yeah. red armor. It's just such a great color. Um, it's so evil in Star Wars. Yeah. Red is just so evil pervasively. Oh, absolutely. And it's just consistently across the board. Yeah. Uh, we have that there's going to be that desert slash rocky planet. Hmm. Apparently, it's some of the set leaked footage um, and images and such make it look like it's maybe a little rockier than Sandy, which doesn't necessarily speak highly for it being Jakku or Tatooine, which is weird. Um, There's a lot of mountain range in Tatooine. 
Yeah, but hey, we're, we're back to Geonosis. It's also Jordan. Oh, God, it's, it's not Tunisia, and that's where Tatooine is. Right. So Jordan, I believe, is where Geonosis was. It's either Geonosis or Jeddah, one of the two. Why would they go to Geonosis? I don't think they will. Uh, but I really, really, really hope JJ doesn't do what he did in The Force Awakens. Don't just go to planets we've never been to before. Right. I want to see a goddamn planet return. We haven't been to a planet that we're used to. It's so strange. And it makes sense for The Last Jedi because Ryan Johnson was painted into a corner. But JJ, come on. What you said last week is true. They need to have Kylo Ren die on Tatooine. That is such poetry. Now, this is also something that's cool because this is a rumor that's leaked and it fits perfectly with my hope of Kylo Ren dying on Tatooine. And if it could work, you could change this slightly and make it even better. But anyway, the rumor is that the title of episode nine is Son of Darkness. That's a good title. Not bad. That's a good title. Leader, Master of the Knights of the Ren, Son of Darkness, heir apparent to Lord Vader. S-O-N of Darkness. Yes, but... But there's still like a duality. But you also keep in mind, all three, like the first two movies have been set in The Force Awakens. Like, there's been an awakening, The Last Jedi... Um, and Son of Darkness, Snoke says that to Kylo Ren. Yeah. So it's believed by a lot of people that A Line in The Force Awakens will be the title of the ninth movie. That's believed as to be the leak. What I want is it to be Sons of Darkness in reference to the Knights of Ren and also the two sons of Tatooine. Right, but those are different words. Yeah, but still. Yeah, no, I hear you. Because yeah. the Knights of Ren are coming back, and they're also not coming back in the same capacity. Before, they were force-wielding mercenaries. Now... They have a many array of special abilities. What's next? Not a whole lot. Okay. Uh, Mark Hamill, uh, apparently he hasn't done the majority of his scenes yet. Hmm. So it was believed that he had shot some scenes and that he hasn't done all of his scenes yet and the majority of them are still left. So that's encouraging that he'll have a pretty decent sized part in the movie. And potentially, because he shaved a little while back, maybe he'll be in both Flashback and Force Ghost. Ah. And that we could see shaved him as flashback or force ghost. Who knows? I'm pretty sure he could shoot all of his scenes on a soundstage in front of a green screen. No, as a force ghost, couldn't? Isn't that possible? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure. Probably not. All right. They probably have you there, and then they then digitally make you translucent. I do want to see some flashbacks. Do you? It's not a. It's not a, a trademark of Star Wars. No. No. I. I we have to see. But some. this is the summarizing. We have. To, yeah. It, yep. it, it, it's kind of necessary. Especially where JJ's doing some patchwork on this movie. Because we've seen some clips in trailers and in, and in the movie, some scenes of people have had flashbacks mm-hmm. and you know, gaps yeah. to the story. Yeah, yeah. Also, the paper that the script is printed on is bright red. Mm-hmm. That was true in The Force Awakens, too. Yeah, and I don't know why, but apparently it's like a, it gives you like a migraine to look at. It can't be photocopied. I was ready to say, my guess is that it can't be photocopied yeah. or taken a picture of. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's not the first time that's been done. It was done with the other two Star Wars movies. And Makes I, sense. I think they did it. They've probably done it with like Infinity War and stuff too, but it probably. can't be photocopied. Wow. And in many cases, you don't get your own uh, copy uh, no, 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 you can't cover to cover. That, that oh, might you be like true. turn it in at the end of the day or something? The person waits outside the room while you read it. That, <laughs> well, that's probably true. And then uh, moving forward during shooting, you're only given your own sides. You're not given like the full cover to cover book. Yeah, and not everybody's given the full one. No. And Mark Hamill is Mark Hamill. Right. You're going to give Luke Skywalker the rest of the story. That's Damn, fine. better. Yeah. So, but I think a lot of them have read actually episode nine uh, because uh, Oscar Isaac said something about that a little while ago. Uh, John Boyega, maybe. Uh, so I think actually a lot of them do know how it's going to all come to an end. Wow. 
Uh, I wouldn't want to live with that information. Tell me as little as possible if I'm working on that movie. Seriously, because you have to go on talk shows promoting other things, and they're going to say, so can you give us anything? And right. something's going to slip, and then you're going to get assassinated. And mm. you're constantly thinking, don't say it, don't say it. Don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Um, yes, yeah, so I think that's everything. Okay, I want to wish a couple of uh, birthday wishes. We didn't have a podcast last week, so we missed uh, saying happy birthday to Dominic Monaghan, who is yet to appear in a Star Wars movie, but is in episode nine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Saturday, December 8th was his birthday. Next Monday, December 17th, is Ryan Johnson's birthday. Oh, cool. Happy birthday, Ryan. Yeah. Um, A Star Wars movie basically came out on his birthday last year. His Star Wars movie. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. That's neat. And those are the only birthday wishes. Uh, Dominic Monaghan. Also, there is rumors confirming what we probably all assumed is that he is in the resistance okay he's a good guy probably he just wouldn't make a good bad guy he's too likable yeah no there was a rumor i think that he was uh that in one of the earlier scenes in the movie he argues with poe or something but that could be just be horseshit thanks for coming on the podcast michael thanks for having me we'll have you back uh we'll have you back for sure um and we were able to keep it under time too ross rambles but he does a good job do you realize you've been wearing headphones this entire time and they're not plugged in I didn't know that. <laughs> I realized like 45 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> yep. Okay, so... Uh, makes a lot of sense. One more or two more 20s in this movie? One. Just one, one more. more. We're going to finish up uh, the, the final 20 of Attack of the Clones before Christmas. So that's coming next week. In the meantime, if you want to send along your thoughts about this podcast, you can tweet us at Recorder66 or email Recorder66podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review positively, please, on iTunes. And I think that's all the, that's the whole kit and caboodle, right? Well, until we're together again, may the force be with you. Yeah.